G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. In the lead-up to this year's federal election, voters in some select electorates will have the chance to directly influence debate and media coverage through a groundbreaking initiative called the Citizens Agenda Project. It's being tested by the University of Melbourne and the social media group Our Say. From today, the Citizens Agenda Project will enable voters to post questions on a website and vote for questions that others have contributed. The questions that attract the most support will be put to candidates at a public meeting. Associate Professor Dr Margaret Simons is the Director of the Centre for Advanced Journalism at the University of Melbourne and she recently spoke to Neil Johnson about this project. When it comes to a citizen's agenda, uh, Margaret, what does that mean? Well, what we're trying to do is to give ordinary citizens the opportunity to make sure that their concerns get talked about during the election campaign. I'm sure it won't be news to your listeners, but the agenda during election campaigns tends to be dominated by what the political parties want to talk about or what journalists think is important. And uh, journalists have been criticised in recent times for being too focused on personalities, too focused on horse race type reporting, you know, who's winning, who's first past the post. Um, And what we're hoping to do is to make an intervention to see if we can alter and improve the level of political reporting and at the same time increase people's sense of uh, involvement in the political campaign, in the political process. Now, times are changing. Technology is increasing. Years ago, I guess if we wanted to make a citizen's agenda-style comment, you had to write a letter to the editor of your local newspaper. But these days, uh, with social media and people twittering left, right and centre, it creates a new avenue of opportunity for people to contribute. Absolutely, and we see great potential in this. There are also, of course, some risks. But one of the most urgent questions in both journalism and politics is what is social media good for? Can it be a positive force in uh, communities connecting, um, or is it a negative force? And and how do we minimise the risks and make the most of the advantages? So the aim of this project is to try and get some hard answers to those questions by looking at ways in which we can use social media to make the citizen's voice visible. Margaret, this is not something you're doing on a whim. It's not just an accidental thing, oh, we'll do this next week. There's a whole lot of research that has gone into how this can be effective. Uh, tell Tell us about that research. Well, the idea and indeed the name, the Citizen's Agenda, has a long history. Um, it comes out of what was known as the civic journalism in the civic journalism movement in the United States, which was in the early 90s. And that conceived the role of media organisations in a new way. Rather than doing what journalists tend to do, which is to always tell people about problems and never offer any solutions, um, the idea was that media organisations could actually engage their communities, hold town hall meetings and so on, and work to bring the community together to discuss common concerns and to, and to work out solutions. 
Now, obviously, that idea was uh, overtaken, if you like, by the arrival of the Internet and the World Wide Web and social media. It's now much easier to engage the community in a conversation. And indeed, in many ways, the community is demanding to be heard. Uh, people are talking direct these days to journalists on Facebook and Twitter. It's no longer, as you put it, just a matter of writing a letter to the editor and waiting to see whether or not it's published. Um, and, but that idea that uh, journalism can actually involve some community work in terms of bringing people together to discuss issues of concern, that's really what's behind this, as well as the need for um, refreshing the way in which politics is reported. It brings into focus, too, the way that journalists report politics, because every journalist is coming from their particular view of life and their particular view of politics. This adds a new dimension, which says it's not just the political persuasion of the journalist that may have some dominance in the way that stories are reported, but uh, but actual questions that are rising to the top of the pile, uh, that uh, that That's people right. of the electorate are interested in. This is quite revolutionary, isn't it? It is, and it's quite uncomfortable for some journalists, I think, because what we're saying is you know, the question that you as a journalist have in your mind or the issue which you as a journalist think is important is actually not the main point here. Uh, the point is to try and engage the community and for the community to say what they want the election to be about, not so much that rather boring question of who you're going to vote for, but what do you actually want the candidates to be addressing? So people can go onto the ASA website and they will be open from Monday, um, May the 6th. They can go onto the websites in their electorates. They can pose questions. They can vote for questions. Everybody gets seven votes, which they can allocate as they wish, either for their own question or for other people's questions. You can campaign around the question if you particularly want it to be asked. And then in the final weeks of the election campaign around Australia in our chosen electorates, We'll be holding town hall meetings at which the candidates will be present and the winning questions, the ones that have been most voted for, will be asked in a public forum of the candidate. Margaret, those town hall meetings, uh, this is only happening in selected electorates. Was there, electorates. was there a particular criteria that those electorates uh, were under to, to, uh, to establish which ones would be used? Well, a number of criteria. We wanted a selection that represented the diversity of Australia. Um, so, for example, it's probably not so much of a challenge to get people to use social media in, say, the electorate of Melbourne, which is one of our chosen electorates, as it is in the electorate of Grey, which takes up most of South Australia and takes in the Simpson Desert and the Nullarbor, um, or part of the Nullarbor. Um, so we wanted to get diversity. So we chose several criteria. Um, degree of marginality. We have some very marginal electorates, including Kerangamite, which is the most marginal in the nation. Location, so we've got remote, edge of urban, suburban, inner urban, um, which party currently holds the seat, and the degree of inter internet penetration and use, and just general demographic diversity around age, ethnicity, um, and, uh, and socioeconomic status. So together, the 10 electorates we've chosen, and I can tell you what they are, um, represent the diversity of the nation. So we have Melbourne in Victoria, Karangamite also in Victoria, Bradfield and Fowler in New South Wales, Denison in Tasmania, Fraser in the Australian Capital Territory, Longman and Oxley in Queensland, Brand in Western Australia and Grey in South Australia. I expect, and, and I'm happy to be surprised, but I expect that we will get a mixture of um, local issues 
um, and national issues. I wouldn't be at all surprised if some of the, in some of the regional and remote areas, healthcare is a is a huge issue. That would not surprise me at all. Um, but I also expect, and this is part of the point of the exercise, that we will also find out about some of the things that are concerning people that we don't know about or that don't tend to make the national agenda. And that will be very interesting and worthwhile, I think. There is a likelihood, isn't there, that uh, people with a particular agenda of their own, uh, some minorities who are very vocal about their particular uh, political slant, uh, will try to hijack the process? Is that the way, one of the risks, I guess, associated with a citizen's agenda? Yes, I wouldn't necessarily want to put that entirely in negative terms, though. People tend to talk about hijacking and so on, where what we're really talking about is people seizing the opportunity for a new kind of participation and power. And that is in itself a political act and, and not necessarily a negative thing. But we are aiming, and we're putting a lot of effort into this, we are aiming for as much broad participation as possible. Um, and, of course, the broader the participation, the less likely it is that some very narrowly focused group will be able to dominate the exercise. However, if people want to go around to their friends and their colleagues and campaign on an issue like uh, availability of hospital beds or what's happening at the local school, then the process is certainly open to that and we don't necessarily see that as negative. So we try to avoid words like hijacking, I suppose. We're talking about how broad is the participation and how representative of the issues that have raised. But our say of employed ambassadors in every electorate um, who will be going around training people in how to use the site if they need that. It's not difficult, but for those who are unfamiliar with social media, um, talking up the exercise, encouraging people to participate. So we're putting a lot of effort into getting as broad a possible participation. Now, in your role as Director of the Centre for Advancing Journalism, uh, we already mentioned that some journalists are a little bit nervous about the way the responses might come in and those issues that might rise to the surface. There is a sense, isn't there, that all journalists are a little bit utopian in their outlook. And now one utopia for one journalist might be different than for another, but there is a sense, isn't there, that, that when you put the agenda in the hands of the voter, you're actually enhancing the democracy that we're a part of. That's the aim, yes. And I do think journalists um, sometimes lack a bit of humility, perhaps, and think that only they are qualified to decide what the agenda is or what it should be. Um, only they can ask politicians hard questions. Now, personally, I'm a journalist myself, and I certainly think they have a very important role. It's the journalists who will make sure that the questions are answered, who will chase them up and, and make it visible if a politician is avoiding a question. But uh, yes, this exercise does a little, involve a little bit of journalistic humility in being prepared to take the steer or the commission, if you like, from the public. There's a battle in the lead-up to every federal election and there are those in the media who feel, as you say, a little empowered to take the right to set the agenda. And then there's the opposing struggle that comes from politicians who say it's not the media's right to set the agenda, it's the politician's right to set the agenda. This brings a whole new dimension which has just an amazing possibility to it where the agenda could be set by ordinary voters. Now, that is what is revolutionary, isn't it? Well, that's exactly right. You've got it in a nutshell. I think um, the truth is, and I've worked in Canberra myself, that uh, journalists in the Canberra Press Gallery and politicians both form part of a political class and they're engaged in a dance together, sometimes antagonistic, sometimes cooperative. 
Um, but something in that mix uh, results in the agenda which adorns our front pages and leads our television news bulletins. Um, and yes, what we're trying to do is inject another partner in that dance. Not to say that the others don't have their role. Uh, they absolutely do. But to say, look, there is another way that's now available to us, thanks to new technology, of, um, of a different kind of agenda setting, a, a more democratic agenda setting. Margaret, let's do the nuts and bolts of how you participate in this opportunity. The website is www.oursay.org. When uh, one of our listeners, someone listening to our conversation now, goes to that website, what will they see? What will they be asked to contribute? Well, from the 6th of May, there will be a website open for each of our target electorates. They can then go on to that website, see what questions other people are posting, post their own questions, vote for the questions. Uh, we are also asking people to opt in to being willing to be contacted by the research team once the exercise is over, because we would like to interview people about how they found the experience and, and its impact upon them. Um, so we're hoping people will opt in to being willing to be contacted by us. Um, and then they can go onto the website as often as they like. They can tell their friends and colleagues and uh, and other people about their questions. So, for if, if, for example, somebody really wants a question asked about the local hospital or the local school or the potholes in the road, um, then you know it's up to them to campaign around those questions. We are also, I should say, um, looking for more ambassadors in the seats. People who are prepared to talk about this exercise and, and champion it and encourage others to get involved. Um, and so if anybody is interested in that, we'd uh, very much like them to get in touch. Now, you mentioned the 10 electorates that are involved, and I might just give those a quick mention uh, in just a few moments too so that listeners can be aware if they're in one of those electorates, they can participate. Mm -hmm. Assuming it's going to be a huge success, how soon before this could go Australia-wide? Well, if this exercise is successful, we would, um, as I say, we'll be doing some research with follow-up interviews and analysis of the media coverage and so on in the months following the election. Um, but we would certainly hope to be able to make this a continuing element in Australian political campaigns. And we have some um, funding applications into various grant-giving bodies at the moment to try and enable us to take this beyond 2013 to make it a, a regular part of how journalists and politicians do their work during election campaigns and, and between election campaigns. Well, the website is about to go live. I'll mention those electorates, Melbourne, Karangamite, Bradfield, Fowler, Longman, Oxley, Brand, Gray, Denison and Fraser. If you're in those electorates, you can participate. It's the Citizens Agenda Social Media Project. The website to go to is www.oursay.org. Dr Margaret Simons is the Director of the Centre for Advancing Journalism. And Margaret, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for uh, giving us the details and uh, sharing this opportunity with us today here on 2020. Thanks very much indeed. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au